Uh, I'm going to start out the podcast saying something. Bear with me. It'll it'll be okay when I get to the end of what I'm saying. <laughs> Are you trigger warning? 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 <laughs> I'm just saying, let me finish my thought. <laughs> Warnetizing. Warnetizing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you declaring this an unsafe space? Uh, usually is, right? <laughs> Anything goes, <laughs> Wild West sort of uh, situation? Uh, I guess I never thought that, but... <laughs> now that we're in Trump America, where we don't have to be nice to anyone anymore. Uh, maybe. So what you're saying is you're ahead of the curve. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's nice how many more words we can say now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nice Did is you perhaps have, not the word I would have used. But. Can you perhaps <laughs> enumerate a list for us? <laughs> oh, Seven who, words you can say on TV now that Trump is going to be our president? <laughs> All of them, pretty much, right? Anything he said. I think it was Paul F. Tompkins who tweeted something to the effect of how the best new insults cuck because the only people who are insulted by cuck are the people who use cuck as an insult. <laughs> That's fair. That's that's how I've thought of that word, too. <laughs> Start your damn story or whatever you're, you're going to say. Oh, OK. Hello. And let's wel- get this rolling. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. You told me not to interrupt you, so I'm not. Oh, no, no, no. You can say what your name is and Doug can oh. say what his name is. Right. My name is uh, Adam Gobeski. I'm a co-host on this prestigious podcast and i'm doug gobeski a marginally special guest and this is our first post-election podcast and uh, i think everyone was surprised uh, no 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 no. i I know i said i wasn't gonna interrupt you but don't tell me i haven't seen it yet i don't know who wins (laughs) oh you're gonna love this one i have it taped i just haven't had a chance to see it's been a busy week (laughs) well you can cover your ears and go la 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 and then i can continue all right well, it was a big surprise. Kind of came out of nowhere, but we have a new president elect. Uh, it's not Hillary Clinton. It is uh, Mr. Daniel Baker. Really? Yep. I didn't even see him on the ballot in my state. Well, he kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, we were lucky to have uh, had him on the podcast, so we're hoping we can get a little bit more. Um... I'm sorry, I'm just gonna, gonna have to stop. <laughs> you said I could do that. Was that distracting? <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, hopefully we can have President Baker back on the podcast sometime in the near future, you know, if he's not too busy with his his new uh, governmental duties. Well, he's got a couple months to Oh, that's true. To take care of it. Unless the Electoral College steals it from him. Uh, Possibility. (laughs) They don't have to vote for whoever gets the votes. But just think of the implications of that, though, like not actually voting for who got the votes. I've got it. Here's what we do. No, here's what America does. Because Donald Trump is already going back on all of his campaign promises, we kick him out of office before he even gets in by pressuring the electors. What What does that have to do with anything? I thought Daniel Baker won. It's true. It's not something we have to worry about. I mean, really, it's huh. the best of all, all possibilities. Now I'm wondering if we're in the same universe. <laughs> hey, remember those books with the bears? Taught you life lessons? <laughs> yep. <laughs> The one spelled with a U, yeah. <laughs> the Baron Stoon Bears. <laughs> well, darn. 
But I also this week got a chance to see Doctor Strange. Hey, what'd you think? I liked the first half of the movie. Wait, what's wrong with the second half? I'd woken no, up I about... Got, all right, all right, all right, all right, tell your story. <laughs> woken up about five in the morning to get up and go to work. Gone through an entire day of work. Got to about 7.30 or 8 o'clock when a friend of mine texted and was wondering if I wanted to see a movie. Kara was already tired and decided, even though she wanted to see it, she wasn't uh, going to be able to stay up to do it. So I went with my friend of the movies. What's your friend's name? Jessica. How come Jessica's never on the podcast? I'll ask her next time I see her. But yeah, I got about an hour in and started to doze off very begrudgingly. I knew that I wanted to stay up and the special effects were really awesome. But I kept drifting in and out of consciousness about 20 times over the course of the next hour and five minutes or whatever it was. So it was almost nightmarish, actually. <laughs> I kept jolting hey, funny, awake. Funny with, you should say that. <laughs> with very unusual visuals and just the intense desire to stay awake because I knew that everyone said I should see this movie and then not being able to stay awake and falling asleep again. I not positive my eyes closed either. I think they did, but it felt like my eyes were open the whole time. But I you just shoot a double shot espresso like the rest of the world and get on with it. Yeah, that's uh, for viewing number two. That's probably what I'll do. Probably do Are it you first thing in the morning. really tired for uh, viewing number two as well? <laughs> I'll get it first thing in the morning. Go right when I'm extremely awake, double shot of espresso, sort of a... You'll be um, like hyper aware. Yeah, like a clockwork orange sort of situation where I tape my eyes open. <laughs> That'll be better, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all it's all about. I'm going to interrupt for a sec. I'm going to go take another pizza break. <laughs> okay. You can I edit just, this out. Why don't you just bring the pizza to you? <laughs> that makes too much sense. Ah. So you enjoyed the first half of Doctor Strange and found the second half to be a nightmare. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes, a dystopian nightmare. Dystopian nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can see how if you're only half paying attention, that would that would come across. <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> like it actually it was actually really interesting when I don't think this is a spoiler, especially since I don't even know how to articulate what I'm going to say. But so. Does Doctor Strange just have like just, a mansion just, just, or something? Just, just just don't use any proper nouns or anything. Okay. Doctor Strange. Okay. The main character of the story has some sort of abode that he frequents, correct? In the movie or in the comic? In the comic. In the comics, it would be like yes. some sort of house on Bleecker Street, I think. Yes. As uh, we saw from Marvel Ultimate Alliance, if nothing else. Exactly. So I actually, when I woke up and saw that part, I was like, oh, that's from Marvel Ultimate Alliance. So I thought it was a both were pretty similar renditions of, of what that was supposed to be. So at least that part I was able to pick up on, even though I slept through much of it. So here's a fun fact for you that it's not a spoiler, but you know, the, the, the pattern in the window of like the curving lines that cross each other. That is apparently an homage to uh, Will Eisner's Spirit comic. Oh, hmm. I learned that this uh, past week. I'm sure there's tons of little Easter eggs in there. Yeah, it's apparently uh, when Steve Ditko was originally drawing the strip, that was his little homage to Eisner. Because that window shows up in the spirit, uh, the comics as well. But uh, speaking of Marvel movies, we are, in fact, we are here to embark upon the great Marvel journey. Our first step is a uh, is a timely one. Hey, hey, try not to make it sound so much like a cult initiation. Um, come up with a better uh, intro then. <laughs> we can all take a stab at it. <laughs> okay. Hey, we decided it'd be really fun to go back and watch all of the different Marvel movies over the years, see how they've evolved, see you know what kind of missteps they've got, and you know, just talk about it. All right, Charlie, your go. 
So Adam had an idea, I think maybe a couple of podcasts ago, where we would watch each Marvel movie that's come out in the last, oh, I don't know, 70 ever. years, ever. Watch them in succession and see what we thought. My intro is the best. I agree. It's probably the one I'll put in there. It's also the only one that has a pun in it. Wait, what pun was that? Pun? Yeah, talking about how this was a timely release. Wait, what? You're going to have to uh, explain your pun to me. I'm sorry. So at the time that uh, Captain America first came out and then concurrent with this serial, Marvel Comics was called Timely Comics. Oh, okay. Wow, that's kind of obscure. Is it though? I thought I thought Doug would get that. It, I, you know, Charlie's a Philistine, so, you know, yeah, we I'm that. not surprised by that. But Doug, I'm it slightly surprised. By pretty that. much starts for me in the early 1960s. Sorry. Pretty, basically with Fantastic Four. and Oh, well, then why'd you even agree to watch this? Badgering. Badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Here's a blast from the past for you. Yeah, no kidding. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. For me, it's going to be an education. I mean, based on what you've said, I'm not as nearly as familiar with Marvel comics and characters as either of you are beyond the movies that we've discussed already. I think every single movie I've seen, we've discussed on the podcast at some point. Many of them because we were going to discuss them on the podcast. (laughs) If you're looking for an education into the history of Marvel, this first installment, Captain America, the 1944 serial, is probably not a great place to start. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Simply having some knowledge of Captain America before this pretty quickly shows you that it's nothing like any other iteration of Captain America. Right. Uh, I don't know. Have you been reading the new stuff? No. Have you? Uh, No. Just the free comic book day thing. And that had uh, Grant Gardner. So I almost wanted to give us the benefit of the doubt. Oh, oh, sorry. Just... Sorry, just to be perfectly clear, today we are going to be talking about the 1944 Captain America serial, the first seven chapters. This is a 15-chapter serial, and that's a big time commitment, so we kind of split it in half. So roughly two hours, and then subsequent two hours in the next time, which I'm guessing will probably be episode 76, 77. So you have that to look forward to, uh, comic film fans. And if you're interested in watching it, it's all available on YouTube, which was pretty nice, actually. Yep. I don't know how the copyright is on that. But I can't imagine how much money they were going to make on it anyway. Yeah, you saw how few views there were on those videos. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, in this version of Captain America, we're following a district attorney named Grant Gardner. Now, I was kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt to start, saying maybe somewhere in the comics there is a person named Grant Gardner who's a DA? Or is that just completely made up for this? To the best of my knowledge, completely made up. May have been subsequently uh, retconned into the comic because that's the sort of thing that comic writers like to do. (laughs) But that wouldn't happen until I'm guessing at least the 70s. I guess an overarching theme in the entire serial that we've watched so far is that it's really violent. It is extremely violent. Yes. It is incredibly (laughs) violent. I was surprised at how violent it was, particularly for 1944. Somebody dies in basically every episode, if not two people. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, maybe they just got knocked unconscious. No, literally, you see them die. Captain America just shooting people with a gun, (laughs) throwing people out of buildings and off cliffs. Uh, There's one moment in, I think it was probably like chapter four or five, where they're fighting in a 
platinum refinery or something. And the, <laughs> and the place is catching on fire and Captain America's fighting with this guy inside a crate that's on fire and he knocks him out and then he frees himself from the crate and then he leaves to cast to chase the other bad guy. And so the knocked out guy presumably has burned to death because he does nothing to put out the fire. It's a huge fire. I think the thing for me that was so shocking was not just the body count, but the fact that it was such casual murder. It wasn't like brutal murder. It was just Captain America kills people the same way that other people put on their slippers and go out and get the newspaper. And it's not just Captain America. Even his secretary was getting in on the action. <laughs> That's true. It's like, well, the police will come and take care of this later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, have to steal his car first. As I murder a random guy. <laughs> so it's not clear at all why Captain America even wears a costume. Is it for intimidation purposes? Why can't Grant Gardner, the badass DA, just walk around? Well, I guess he's shooting people. That's probably why not. <laughs> Gives him cover for murder. Plausible deniability. <laughs> as I was watching it, the thought occurred to me that since they don't give you any origin whatsoever into Captain America beyond, hey, he's this guy who's around and he's better at catching criminals than you are, Grant Gardner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it dawned on me. It was like, if you didn't know anything about Captain America and came to this cold, this must just be the bizarrest serial. This guy that just starts putting on like pajamas and beating up bad guys. So he's a themed serial killer. <laughs> There's no like clear motivation or why he's dressing up or anything. I told you, it's plausible deniability. Yes. I'm sorry, we don't know who this Captain America fellow is, so we can't prosecute him for all of these murders. He's so wonderful that they're just like, oh, he's better at doing your job than you are, person <laughs> who is secretly Captain America. And then, all right, so I don't actually un quite understand Captain America's motivation here. I also don't understand the bad guy's motivation. Dr. Maldor, I think it is. Sounds right. The Scarab. The Scarab. Yeah. So they all went to a Mayan expedition. Or sorry, Man. a Mayan expedition. <laughs> but secretly, he's the Scarab, which I'm pretty sure is local only to, like, Egypt. Am I saying Mayan or Mayan here? No, they said Mayan, so I guess you can say Mayan. Yeah, my guess is that the first person to say it said Mayan, and they're like, well, that's how we have to say it now for the whole rest <laughs> of the serial. I actually thought they said Maya the first time, and then they switched after that. Oh, I might not even notice the first time, because the first time I really noticed was when they said Mayan. Yeah, maybe that yeah. was me just... Refusing to believe? Yeah, like, not catching it, because it was completely outside my expectation. <laughs> well... Did the Mayans have pyramids, or was that just like an Aztec or Incan thing? They have step pyramids. Yeah, the ziggurats, yeah. right? Yeah, Chichen Itza. Maybe they were like, oh yeah, yeah ziggurats, is, uh... pyramids, it's all the same. They must also have scarabs. Uh, man, to be writing uh, stories in the uh, <laughs> in the 1940s. When Did fact... you see how many writers they had on it, too? There were like five guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I read that uh, this was actually Republic's most expensive cereal that they ever made. There were a lot of explosions. Reasonable, decent explosions. Yeah, like genuinely yeah. impressive shots, like the building collapsing in uh, Chapter 1, I thought was pretty well done. The exploding car in Chapter 3 as it goes off a cliff, I was like surprised at like how good that looked, that it wasn't just like a firecracker going off in a Hot Wheel. Right. <laughs> you know, and having watched Flash Gordon... 
I wouldn't have been surprised if it had basically been a firecracker going off in a Hot Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that was six years before this, but... The first episode is a half hour long. I think each subsequent episode is about 15 minutes long, except that you have to consider that each episode starts with the final three minutes of the episode before that. So it's, you know, about... Plus the intro sequence. Plus the intro sequence. So you're down to about, like, I think 11 minutes of original material per... But it's still pretty interesting. But the first one had to deal with the introduction of the Scarab, who seems to be some sort of researcher who goes on expeditions. But I think to... Speak to what you said earlier. I think he's just motivated by money, right? Even that wasn't clear. Trying to steal platinum. He also was involved in a an extortion plot, right? Yeah, yep. no, he, he keeps switching up plans like every every chapter. Stealing some sort of heat ray gun to bust through safes and vaults. What was it? The electronic ray bolt or something? Fire yeah, bolt. fire bolt. Fire bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Electronic firebolt. Not to be confused with what atomic vibrator or whatever from the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I giggled inappropriately every time they talked about that. But that's on me. I'll go ahead and play that clip because I did grab that one. I laughed pretty hard. But I'm not wealthy. Ah, this kind of wants other things: rare jewels, paintings, antiques. He also wants scientific secrets such as you possess. Just what do you mean? The Scarab wants the plans of the thermodynamic vibration engine which you have invented. How did you find out about my vibrator? The Scarab has his own <laughs> methods of obtaining information. Some of the other references uh, uh, were much worse, too. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, like, that's like the audio equivalent of that one Green Lantern panel that shows up as out of context about how he's, like, insane or something. <laughs> the one that Doug always brings up. Oh, the one where he's, like, in some sort of training simulator thing. Yeah. How's that go? go grab it if you want. We've got, meanwhile, at the Ferris Aircraft Company, Hal Jordan, test pilot, sits in a trainer of his own design. This flightless trainer will help turn out space pilots of the future. Suddenly, a green glow surrounds the flyer. Eh? What's that strange light surrounding me? I, I seem to be moving. Before Hal can take a breath, I'm scooting through the air at fantastic speed. But... How can such an incredible thing happen? I just read that and I was like, where will you be when the acid kicks in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Okay. So the first episode was interesting because it's by far... What are you doing? Oh, sorry. I was going ahead. No, I said that's all I want to say. We're done. Oh, we're done? <laughs> well, thanks for listening, what? everybody. No. No. no, I have more. <laughs> Fine. I'll allow it just me or is charlie also allowed to speak no i was just trying to line <laughs> things up <laughs> by shutting it down <laughs> sometimes to to start something you gotta shut it down <laughs> sometimes to start a fire you have to smother a flame <laughs> oh, <not> sure <laughs> copyright adam Gobeski, 2016 that's 2016 the garbage year <laughs> <laughs> fits right in <laughs> All right, now that I've successfully derailed things, uh, we can go. But, uh, so the Scarab has... Remember those episodes? (laughs) (laughs) Remember those old episodes we did where I did my best to to derail anything you tried to say? Oh, yeah, and it worked. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is is a throwback to that. (laughs) So the Scarab's most elaborate plot by far is in the first episode. I thought the rest of the episodes were going to be like the first one. Really, though? Well, he creates a a mind-controlling solution in order to force people to 
commits suicide. I don't think there's anything like that in the other episodes. No, but but there's more complicated things going on. I suppose, like what? Like, I have a remote-controlled truck that I've filled with... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ...high explosives. By the way... you just have stacked around? Yeah. Why are they high explosives? Are there low explosives? No, high, I'm pretty sure high explosive is a real term. Well, no, I know it is, but it's just one of those things where it's like, what's the counter to high explosive? Explosive. Moderate explosive. Calm explosive. Vanilla TNT. That sounds delicious. Oh, so when they had the remote controlled, <laughs> when they had the remote controlled truck and they were watching it via video, was there another truck behind it taking the video of the truck so that they could watch it? How did they get a live feed of the truck from behind it? I assume that had to be the case. <laughs> Is that they were following the truck with another, let's say, car. Did they even have video technology in the 40s or was it all on film? Like, could you broadcast it back in then? Uh, well, I know television broadcast has been around since 36. Even so, I think it was probably billed as a futuristic technology that he had or... All you need is a live feed, right? Like a, like electronic firebolts. Yeah. Which, by the way, looked a lot like a camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, I looked at this thing and I was like, this does not look portable at all. Like, you can see cables running out the back of it. I was like, so they must have carried it down the stairs because there was this big human-shaped hole at the top of the stairs. Wire it up. And then point it at the platinum safe. <laughs> uh, you'd think it'd make more sense to... Pointed at the wall at ground floor level and just melt your way in. Oh, I assumed it was a basement. That thought oh. occurred to me, but I guessed it was a basement facility. That's what. Okay. Not that they climbed up a story to break in. <laughs> you said breaking in the first floor. That's the first floor. That's not the first floor. That's the second floor. No, ground first, second. <laughs> Didn't bother to look it up. How heavy is platinum relative to gold? They seem pretty easily able to pick up those gigantic bars of platinum. Okay, Google. How heavy is platinum? The atomic mass of platinum is about 195.084 atomic mass units. Oh. Ask for the specific gravity. Here's the first hint. How heavy is platinum compared to gold? Oh. Oh. This is via serendipitydiamonds.com for all your diamond needs. Hmm. Ooh, including industrial needs? As a rule of thumb, platinum tends to be one-third heavier than 18-karat gold. Oh, it's heavier. Super much heavier, but still. It's approximately 88% heavier than 9-karat gold and approximately 11% heavier than fine gold. And it's also labeled as platinum on the side. Each bar has the word platinum, which I guess might make sense. You don't want to mix it up with the... uh... Rhenium? Yeah. (laughs) You gotta leave the rhenium behind, guys. That's useless. (laughs) Anyway, what was the point about the purple death? Oh, so... You just wanted to play a clip. (laughs) I I did, yes. So, the Scarab distills a solution that allows him to mind control other people. And here is uh, Grant Gardner and... What's the secretary's name? And Uh, company. Gail... Gail Richards, maybe? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, Here they all are discussing the properties of that solution. This stuff is distilled from the Cypridium, a little-known orchid. Highly concentrated, its fumes form a deadly poison which leave those purple splotches on the victim's face. Careful, don't drop it. Is it that dangerous? It surely is. One whip is enough. At which point, Gail takes the solution to two different florists and sticks it in front of their face and forces them to smell it. (laughs) 
No, no, no. That's not that's you not understanding what's happening. So what what was happening? Is that not the solution they're talking about? Did they no, get another one? A, it is a fake version of the solution because if the florist takes a sniff, they're not the ones responsible. Notice how when she throws it on the ground, nothing happens. Well, that's what I was about to say, too. When do they explain that it's not the same thing? They don't. They're relying on you to be smart enough for that, which, you know, is a hard ask 70 years later, but at the time was reasonable. <laughs> I just assumed it was a big mistake. No, it is it is clearly the plan. Remember how we have that conversation sometimes about how you're bad at watching movies? This is one of those instances. <laughs> you got to spell things out for me. Yeah. Because I, yeah. uh, I I couldn't, I had trouble paying attention to the whole rest of the episode because of that. It's like, you're not supposed to spell it and you're not supposed to drop it. And then in the next scene, that's exactly what happens. So I figured there must be something like that. Either they're the most horrible writers in the world or there was something I missed. So It's like I'm Doug and everyone else is talking about Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I'm the only one here who gets it. <laughs> Can we talk about the moment in chapter two when... They're in like the farm and they're threatening Professor Drake or something, whatever his name is, the the good professor. They're threatening him by Dodge. Yeah, they're going to drive a tractor over him. And so they keep putting objects in front of the, the treads of the Caterpillar tractor that they have to show that it smashes it. So like he puts like a barrel in front of it and it rolls over. And then from the other side, he puts a different barrel in front and it rolls over. And then like from the first side, he then like puts like a cabinet in front of it. And it just to show that it's going to break stuff as it rolls over. But it just keeps happening. (laughs) That's like 10 things in the way I know. (laughs) And then later, like when Captain America is going is threatened by this thing because he's been knocked unconscious and it's driving on its own. Suddenly there's like six more things in front of it that are going to roll over to show you that it's going to roll over things. I was like, it came back. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. One of the problems. Uh, one of the things I didn't quite like about the cliffhangers was I pretty much every many of the cliffhangers had Captain America either unconscious or on the ground with something about to smash him. And the conclusion to that was that in the next episode, he rolls out of the way. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could kind of expect that that was going to happen, but I think they that happened at least twice, if not three times. So your internal question of how is he going to get out of that one wasn't satisfied by, oh, he just moved. it's what i would have done under the circumstance therefore not very entertaining (laughs) if i'm smart enough to do it i don't want to see it (laughs) speaking of uh cliffhangers though i'm pretty sure that fiber box factory or whatever in chapter five and first part of chapter six where they've tied up the secretary under the thing i'm pretty sure that plant is the reason osha exists (laughs) (laughs) because that place is a scary scary death trap (laughs) and by the way what kind of paper cutter goes up 18 feet over the course of like 30 seconds and then drops down once and then goes up 18 feet over the course of 30 more seconds and then drops down (laughs) what what is that serving what purpose is that it was either built by the low bidder or that time delay is for you to move the sliced paper out of the way and load up the new thing of paper. Oh, well. Because it's, it's perfectly timed to work with the, uh, the the employees. It's amazing we came up with a better way to cut paper than that. <laughs> <laughs> it was also nice that they had an emergency stop button, which you could press and stop exactly right before it cuts your head off. Yeah. Well, 
I, I appreciated fine. the communication between the henchmen. The one guy was able to you know, tell the other guy to stop, and he manages to stop it before accidentally killing the secretary. And I was like, that's actually pretty impressive. Uh, come on, this isn't their first rodeo. There were some there were some mishaps <laughs> earlier on, but they've learned. This isn't the first person they've killed with that paper cutter. <laughs> right. This is what they do every day. That's why there's no one else in the factory. <laughs> right. So another theme between every episode is Captain America shows up someplace and there's always two henchmen he fights. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. I'm thinking that Captain America's weakness is probably three henchmen. He seems to have his hands full with two. Don't count out Captain America. We don't know what happens in the last uh, eight chapters. Well, well, hold on. Are we sure it's not one henchman? He won't know whether to murder him or let him run away. (laughs) It's a good strategy. You kill one, and then you have the other run away to tell everyone else that the first one got killed. Coming up against Captain America is like coming up against a grizzly bear. You just got to run faster than your buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's another clip that I got. I like for a couple of different reasons. This is curtains for you. They hang men in this state for murder. This won't be murder. You're going to commit suicide with your own gun. You just couldn't stand the disgrace of your constant failures. And the kidnapping of Professor Dodge was the last straw. What? What? You don't commit suicide with your own gun from five feet away from yourself? (laughs) Nope. You don't shoot yourself in the back either. (laughs) I came up with this elaborate scheme. (laughs) I had a pulley system rigged up. (laughs) The gun hanging. I had to position myself just right. Pull on the rope. I also like that he said, it's curtains for you. Hey, people said it's curtains for you. I, I mean... Cliches have to have not been cliches at some point. I liked it. I actually liked that part. (laughs) How did you feel about how he got out of it? How did he get out of it? The first bullet that he loads into the gun every, what do you say, morning? (laughs) (laughs) It's always a blank so that he can fire a warning shot. Ah. The rest are kill shots. (laughs) Was it Captain America who kept shooting the gun waiting for it to find the bullets in the chamber? Yes. That was the first episode. There's still two bullets in there. Well, then you better start talking. (laughs) I think he said, I will find one presently. (laughs) Which is just a really weird way to put it, but I was on board with that too. (laughs) 70 years ago, I think people actually probably did talk differently. (laughs) Can we talk about the the way in which they build suspense by uh, focusing on various forms of dials? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Their, their giant vibrator, you know, it's like, you know, they keep cutting to the, the needle going up to like a million. It's over 9,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, the car. Oh, you know, if it gets to the boiling point, it's going to explode. So, you know, we keep cutting to the temperature gauge on the car. I like how it got above boiling and the car hadn't exploded yet. <laughs> actually, no, I actually science. did kind of like that because I do sort of hate the ones where it's like, oh, if it gets to exactly this temperature, it's going to blow. It's like, you don't know that. Yeah. You're, you are not that precise. Additionally, I think the cop only told Captain America that the car had been tampered with, but Captain America oh. knew immediately <laughs> that he needed to jump out at that exact moment. Well, it's been tampered with. I better well, jump. Because he looked at the temperature gauge. I guess. 
Is that typical of cars to explode once the temperature gauge gets up that high? Uh, I mean, the radiator might go. I guess so, yeah. Maybe he was involved in a number of steam tractor explosions when he was younger. (laughs) He knew the dangers of boilers. Yeah, we don't have any backstory for Grant Gardner. It's possible. (laughs) All we know is that there's a screw loose somewhere because he decided to start dressing up like Captain America from the comic books. (laughs) So this is just a a spinoff? It's just a guy in real life who's read the comic books (laughs) and is taking that on for himself? But he couldn't find a shield, so he contented himself with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) by the way the image in chapter six of captain america pointing a sniper rifle at henchmen in the cave was like a deeply to me it was just like what is going on like it's so (laughs) it was so hard for me to reconcile that with any other portrayal of captain america (laughs) that he would even contemplate just wielding a sniper rifle at people (laughs) It's crazy. I look forward to seeing how this uh, carries on. Well, I expect to see a lot more uh, criminal henchmen duos <laughs> cut short. Uh, a lot of more suspenseful dials and gauges. Any lights? Suspenseful light or two? Yes, yep. yes. Good. The the attractive female assistant will occasionally get kidnapped or you know end up in danger somehow. It was actually kind of nice. Otherwise, take care of herself. Right. It was nice how they weren't making her completely helpless all the time, which having watched the Superman serials, which come later, but where Lois Lane is also supposed to be that sort of plucky person, but is constantly getting kidnapped and needs Superman to rescue her. It was nice to see that not happening here. Isn't Lois Lane willfully stupid in a lot of that stuff? Uh, Or is that the comics? I think that's I think that's later on okay. in the comics, and then to some extent, like the Christopher Reeve movies and stuff. But in the okay. series, at least, no, she's not willfully stupid. But yeah, not like, oh, who's this guy who's tied up? I'd better untie him before asking any questions. Okay. Oh uh, no, he was a henchman that Superman tied up. Okay, yeah, that was willfully stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, do you have anything else you want to say? You kept trying to jumped in and i enjoyed the dramatic monocle it stopped you from talking so. <laughs> yeah the scarab has a monocle which he's constantly say, yes yes if they're then you should what? okay so they're go ahead and say it <laughs> so go, somebody somebody either of you spell the word davenport for me uh d-a-v-e-n-p-o-r-t that's how i would have spelled it as well okay he definitely says it's 10 letters. And I was trying to figure out how is he spelling Davenport that it's 10 letters instead of 9? Uh, D-A-V-E-N-P-O-R-R-T. Right. There, well, I, there's definitely ways to do it, and it's not really a gaffe, exactly, except that it bothered me. And I have to mention everything that bothered me throughout the whole thing, whether or not it's my fault for not understanding whether it was them. <laughs> I got something that bothered me. I think it was in the first episode he like with the vibrator going he throws a henchman out of the building right (laughs) and so you can see that he's falling like out of like the top story and then moments later we see the that whole section of the building just entirely collapse oh yeah and yet they're still running around inside of it i thought the same thing i was like i wonder what floor they were on but i forgot that you were able to see what floor they were on based on where the henchman fell out (laughs) (laughs) Adam, do you have a a counter for how we're bad at watching films? Is this where I say that uh, electronic vibrators can't melt steel beams? 
I, I, I don't have an explanation for that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's a thermodynamic vibrator. Oh, okay. That's a different story. Those I those I think can melt steel beams. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's pretty much all all I saw. It'll be interesting to see where the rest of the uh serial goes. Do you think it ends up having a nice conclusion or it just, just ends? Yeah, they're always intended to be somewhere around this length. Oh, okay. Clearly he's I, gonna catch the scarab. Yeah. Because that's that's how serials work, right? They get in various situations over the intervening 12 to 18 weeks, right? Because, you know, you go to the theater every week to watch it. It's like TV shows before there were TV shows. You know, just because you can essentially Netflix it now and binge the whole thing. Which, by the way, is why you have the extra long cliffhangers to remind you what's going on. Of course, yeah. It's been a whole week since you've seen it. I I get it. Which is particularly useful for me. It tended to be ends of of, uh, chapters when I would zone out. So it was nice having the recap, and I go, oh, that's what's going on. Okay. His yeah. attention span only lasts for 12 minutes, not 15. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, uh, they'll they clearly, uh, they'll catch him by the end, but there'll be lots of schemes along the way. So it's a little weird in that the first chapter just, like, reveals who the villain is right away. So there's not even, like, this weird who is the scarab thing, like, undercurrent. It's literally just, all right, scarab's doing stuff. Cat America comes in to stop him. Scarab tries something different. Cat America stops that. But despite that and the fact that this very clearly has nothing to do with Captain America beyond the costume, setting that aside, uh, I actually didn't mind this. I was reasonably entertained by it. Yeah, me too, actually. It, it seems yeah. well done. I was as well, like to a surprising degree. I did actually, I cheated and looked up on Wikipedia and uh, no one knows for certain but there is a a theory that this was originally a a different character, like a different serial with some other character. And then when they got the Captain America rights, they just slapped Captain America's name on it, but didn't really change anything else. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. Which, yeah, which would honestly explain a lot of stuff. And apparently, like, timely comics were actually sort of unhappy with this being like, you didn't call him Steve Rogers. He's constantly using a gun. He doesn't have a shield. You didn't show any super soldier origin. Or to me, the thing that's most mind boggling of all of the whole thing is that it's 1944 when this came out and Captain America fights Nazis. This seems like a wasted (laughs) opportunity. (laughs) Where are the Nazis? Maybe Nazis will show up later on, right? But in California? Well, look, if there can be uh, man expeditions in South America, there can be Nazis in California. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that to me seemed like a huge wasted opportunity. But, you know, I guess if you're just repurposing some script with a different name in front of it. Yeah, because he has no superpower at all. He's just a guy right. who dresses up in a costume and does stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, firearm murder. <laughs> And occasional defenestration. (laughs) By the way, the the thing that I kept noticing was how he would drive around in his Captain America outfit. And I was just wondering, do people just go, oh, it's uh, D.A. Gardner's car. Oh, wait, that's Captain America inside. (laughs) I doubt it. We're just really good friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just always lends him his car. (laughs) I mean, the Scarab has already figured out that they're the same bloody person. And then my other question, and this is, I think possibly actually a question than that maybe i just don't know but are district attorneys detectives and cops where they just go investigate things and arrest people and whatnot it's, it's the csi effect i guess 
I guess I assumed they were, um, you know, lawyers. Prosecutors, yeah. Them. Yeah. Like, it seemed a little weird how he was just like, oh, I've got this. And it's like, you're a DA. Go call a freaking cop. What city is this? Is this L.A. or some large area? In which case, absolutely not. He wouldn't have time to do any of this. It must be some small city. Somewhere on the West Coast because there were palm trees. Right. No, it, it was in or California because the truck had Cali plates. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the truck had Cali plates. Yeah, so it's somewhere in California. Also, Probably I just like Hollywood. that California doesn't have a, uh, a monopoly on palm trees. So <laughs> corrections to the podcast. Uh. <laughs> I would say the only other thing I wrote down was somebody had a four point pocket square. And you don't see that very much. Yeah. No. Is that a thing that they used to do? Uh, yeah. No, clearly you had to be well dressed. Four point pocket squares, fedoras on, you know, like suit and tie. It's just how just how it was back then. That's true. Everybody had a hat, which goes with the times. But everybody had a hat and everyone was natalie dressed and they all had a uh, neatly trimmed mustaches. It saves time and money. I mean, you're already dressed for your own funeral. Right. <laughs> it came in useful a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody look at any of the YouTube comments? No, I actually was on, uh, like I said, I was on Xbox, so I wasn't getting any comments. Just Oh, some of them were good. Like uh, somebody commented that the, the fight against the rifle thug was their favorite fight of all of the Republic serials. Okay. There was one where the, the, the guys who come from like the steam liner company porters, is that what they are? Yeah. To like yeah. get the luggage. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's like, <laughs> they look like Mario and Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Or only a handful of comments, which was very surprising for YouTube. Well, I think it's probably partly because there's multiple copies of this actually. On oh, oh, you just sent us to one of the less popular ones. Well, I attempted to send us to one that actually had an associated playlist with it. Okay. I think a lot of the copies on YouTube are the entire serial in one chunk. Oh. And I wanted to give people more natural stopping points. <laughs> Yeah, so it interests to see where it's going to go. I will probably attempt to watch the next seven at different times, like maybe a day apart. It was kind of weird to watch them all at the same time or watch the first episode and then watch all of the subsequent episodes at once. Aren't there eight more episodes? I think so. Oh, there's eight more? Yeah, that I makes sense. Was, yeah, I thought it was 15. It's something like that. It's about two more <laughs> hours of it. <laughs> Charlie gets through chapter 14. He's like, it just stopped. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the scarab? <laughs> ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Guess they were never got that sequel they were going for. <laughs> but yeah, more in the spirit of serial. I think I'll watch them one per day and see how that works out <laughs> for me. Oh, not like me who watched them all in one go roughly four hours ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I split it out across like probably three sessions myself. So yeah, I, like I said, despite the fact that it has nothing to do with Captain America, it's still entertaining and I look forward to seeing what happens in this, the conclusion, the second half. Yeah, I would say go check out at least one episode of it and see if you like it. I mean, at most, if you choose like number two or three, it's only a 12 minute time commitment. So you don't really have much of an excuse not to at least try it. Unless you know you don't want to. Well, yeah, of course. If you don't want to, you don't want to. All right. So then I think that wraps it up for this edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I was Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And we had our special guest. Doug Gobeski. And uh, next time we'll provide you with a hopefully entertaining clip show uh, to commemorate our 75th episode. Oh, yeah. And and then uh, I think we'll rein in the new year. At some point, we'll talk about uh, 
the, the second half of Captain America. So you have that to look forward to. So until then, do something Captain America related. But but don't murder people because that's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Keep a blank in the first chamber. <laughs> there you go. And remember, to start a fire, you got to smother a flame. That, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. Make sure to check out our website once again at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. You can also check out our Facebook page, the Gobeski Wallace Report. Oh, right. And we're also now we're on Twitter. And you can follow us at GW Report. So, see you then. Later. Doctor Strange, number one at the box office? I would think so. Wow. Uh, Marvel has delivered an uninterrupted strain of 13 critical and commercial hits in eight years. No film company, not even Pixar, can claim a track record like that. Wow. Mm, Screw you, Cars (laughs) 2.